0: Welcome to the Bridging the Gap Podcast, where our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower every woman on her faith journey with Jesus Christ. Today, we are honored to hear from best selling author, speaker, podcaster, and business coach Allie Worthington, as she has a conversation with our podcast guest host, Lindsay May. In this episode, you will hear about Allie's journey with her calling, as well as insight for caring for yourself as a leader and overcoming obstacles while pursuing the dreams God has placed in your heart. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Allie,
1: welcome to Minnesota. I love Minnesota. It is great to be back. I've got to know, okay, on a scale of one to 10, the shock factor of stepping out of the airplane, because you're not from here with the cold. I think it was 19 degrees this morning. Scale of one to 10, how shocking
2: was it? I was completely prepared. So I had a massive winter coat and gloves, and I was still shocked. You were still shocked. It's a little chilly. It is. Okay,
1: so obviously, listeners, if you haven't picked up on her beautiful southern accent yet, will you (laughs) tell our listeners where
2: you're from? I'm from Nashville, where we do occasionally have cold. It was negative one recently. The windshield was negative 16. We all freaked out. We all left our water running overnight. I have taken on an outdoor cat. He lives with us now. Really, he chose us. I got him a little cat house for the porch and a plug-in heating pad. And my stress was keeping him alive. I don't. I guess are there outdoor dogs and cats in Minnesota? There yes. could it be?
1: There okay. There's one that roams around at my house. I can have a yeah. We have a ring camera. Do you have a ring yeah. camera? So that's kind of like our thing. And there's one, I check it, the alarm goes off at like three in the morning. I have it on silent. But there's this sweet little cat that just runs around. And
2: Where does he go And I it's don't negative 10?
1: I'm trying to convince my husband
2: to let me like bring it in to feed it and stuff. And he says no. Somebody has put a little cat house from Amazon on their porch with an electric um, heating pad in it, just like I have. Oh, I, I promise. I think I need to learn from that person.
1: I love that. Oh, that <laughs> is just so, so funny. Oh, I love that. Okay, so you're from Tennessee. Tennessee. And welcome to Minnesota. So, for our listeners, I'm a new voice to you. This is Lindsay May, and I am filling in here on the Bridging the Gap team. Uh, And this is just such a treat to have a conversation with Allie at the Sisterhood Leadership Retreat in Alexandria, Minnesota. So, plug for all you listeners if you've never been, you need to get here, you need to come to a retreat. or Thrive, or all the things. It's just so fun, because we get to have great conversations. So Allie, oh man, I love that you are so passionate about empowering others, empowering women to really step into the call that God has placed on their lives, and to lift one, or, one another up. You have such a strategic mindset and a heart, and you've also walked through a lot yourself. Like You are someone who has walked their talk, like you have done it, and that's one of the things that I just love learning from you um, and listening to you share yours. But will you tell us? You know, when we think about our calling and the things that God is asking us to do, how there there might be a lot of ways where people could look at that phrase "calling."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How would you define it?
2: The thing about calling that trips us up is we think that calling is this big, huge thing and that God is in heaven like a football coach on the sideline with a clipboard over his face, like whispering things. And he's like, if they could just figure out what I was whispering, you know, it's not that complicated. I feel like we all have one purpose. Our purpose in life is to choose the Lord or to not. That's our purpose. But our calling is different every season. So our calling when we are teenagers looks like one thing. Our calling when we're 20 years old looks like like one thing. When we're 25, when we're 30, when we're 35, when we're 65, when we're 75, when we're 85. So our calling looks different in each season. And sometimes in my life, my calling has looked like being a student or a young wife or a stay-home mom to five kids, or building a business and teaching other women, bringing other women up behind me, it looks different in each season. And when we realize that our calling looks different in each season, it takes the pressure off. And God is really clear with His hints with what He wants us to do. He is not frustrated that we can't pick up on the hints. He will open doors. He will close doors. He will send people to us to go, "Hey, I realize that you're really good at X, y, and Z," and we'll go, "Oh I'm not good at that. It just comes easy to me." and everyone's around you going, "You're great at this. This could be your calling in this season. Go for it." And so I think that's why I'm so passionate about it because we overcomplicate it and sometimes it's, a, it's more simple than we realize.
1: Mm, I think you're right, you know, you mentioned the church and how do you think that we have um, churchified that word calling. How would that... You also work with a lot of people who like, are outside of the church world, and you're coaching and all of those things. How? What does a calling look like from a non-Christian worldview?
2: It's a terrific question. I think when we think about calling in a Christian perspective, it has so much weight. It has so much importance. And people from a secular viewpoint, they just think about it as what they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And I think that whatever we're passionate about, God gave us. When we're believers, God will work within us. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit. We have a superpower inside of us to make sure it gets done. If someone is living a life where they don't know Jesus, where they are not filled with the Holy Spirit... They can still move forward in that passion that God has given them, but they're probably going to do it with a bit of a limp. Hmm. Whereas if they knew Jesus, if they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, they'd be able to run.
1: Wow. I think it's a really interesting way to think about that. Uh, so you mentioned there's lots of hints that God puts us on. Would you share what some of those have been in your life? How how are you doing what you're doing? I know part of your story of how you're doing this. And it's incredible. Would you share that with our listeners?
2: Gosh, I I look back and I can see hints from my past. And it sounds bananas when I say it. I have a book coming out this summer and I tell this story in there. I met one of my good friends in two Thousand, maybe nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, nineteen ninety nine. We met at a Chick Fil A Playland, a great place for to pick up mom friends, and we became great friends. And I told her. I remember telling her I want to have a job one day where I help people on the internet. She said, "Okay, what would you do?" Because I'm like a twenty two year old stay home mom, and I said, "I don't know." I mean, the internet was like eBay, Google wasn't even a thing, Um, and I said, "I don't know," but. People need help with things, and I'm going to figure out how to help people using the internet one day. And fast forward 24 years, and that's what I'm doing. I think God gives us little glimpses. I remember being at a MOPS meeting in Columbia, Maryland in 2005 and watching a woman speak to a group of 25 people and I was shy the idea of speaking to more than one person at once made me want to cry but she was talking and I just had this thought like I could do that one day and I'm walking in a bookstore 2006 and I felt like the Lord told me you're going to write a book and so it just every few years I'd have a little seed planted it wasn't my season to do any of that But he planted those seeds. And so then as I'm living my life, just bumbling through life as as we often do, he brings people to me and opportunities and gives me interest. And when the internet really took off in a way that we could learn, it was game over. Like I was the girl that read the encyclopedia when I was younger. And when the internet was like functional, it wasn't dial up anymore. And we could learn anything we wanted to learn. Like We didn't have to go through any... um, Getting approval from other people to learn, we could just go for it. I decided with God and Google, I was unstoppable. So, all of those little seeds that He planted in me decades before, they started to bloom. Mm -hmm. But where we get frustrated is we have a passion or we have an idea and nothing's happening right now. So, we go, Oh, nothing's ever going to happen. But -hmm. that's how it happened for me over a very, very long period of time.
1: Yeah, I think that's really important. And I'm glad you called that out, that stretch of time, because Tell me how you feel about this. I think we live in a microwave culture. Oh, yeah. Where we want things when we want things at the snap of our finger. And if it doesn't happen right away, like you said, oh, maybe it's not meant to be. So can you tell me this? You you wrote an amazing book called Standing Strong. Um, And I know other things that I've heard you say, but what does it mean to stand strong in your calling even when you're facing roadblocks?
2: It's a great question. It means that you don't let yourself take your take yourself out of the game before you ever get a chance to play. Let me say that again because I stumbled over my words. Standing strong means you don't take yourself out of the game before you get a chance to play. What happens is women look for any excuse to take themselves out of the game. Mm. Normally because the experience in life is that they haven't been supported. Hmm. Whether by parents, by friends, um, sometimes people in the church, sometimes it's a spouse. Because women will say, here's what I think I'm going to do. Here's what I think could be in my future. And because other people haven't received that calling and other people don't have that vision, they go, that doesn't seem like it's going to work at all. That doesn't sound like a good idea. How could it seem like a good idea to somebody who hasn't received that calling, who doesn't understand that vision? Of course, other people don't understand. So that combined with the normal difficulty of doing anything will make women go, oh, it's I thought this was for me, but obviously it's not for me. Hmm. And what happens is we don't expect things to be as difficult as they will be. So as soon as things get difficult, we go, oh, I thought I heard from the Lord, but it was just me. I'm not meant to do this. And the Lord's like, I didn't tell you to stop. The last thing I told you is I gave you this idea to do this thing, whether it's start a Bible study or adopt a child or start a business or write a book. It's going to be hard. But we can't fear things being hard. We have to look at hard as a natural journey to get where we're supposed to be. If it was easy, we would all do it.
1: That's really true. Oh, my goodness. You, how So when you have felt those roadblocks in your life or whatever mm-hmm. roadblock that might be. I'm sure, man, to get to where you are today and doing the things that you're doing, you mentioned you were shy before. And now look so at shy. you, you speak in arenas. Clearly the Lord has led you down this path. How, what were some practical like things that you have done to help maybe like get over the voices of those naysayers or other roadblocks that you have dealt with? Are there any like go-to tools or practices or things that you do that maybe our listeners could benefit from as well?
2: Yeah, I want to hit it from a a few different angles. Number one, a a question I get from women all the time is what made you keep going? Hmm. And for me, because I was the stay-home mom forever, and my husband was the breadwinner. Then it flipped. I'm the breadwinner. My husband's stay-home dad, but my husband also has a lot of health issues. So for me, I never had the financial privilege to stop. So I'm so glad for that. I feel like the Lord knows me so well that the Lord knew if there was any way I could take myself out and go, oh, this isn't for me. This is too hard. I'm too shy. I'm not good at this. I would have been out. But He designed my life. With so much pressure, I had no choice but to keep going. Sometimes, and this is a word for somebody, sometimes there is a calling for women, but because we don't have the pressure to keep going for it, because our life is easy in some ways, we give up too soon. So sometimes we got to pretend like we have no choice but to make this work. That's important. That mindset, I have no choice but to make this work. That's really important. Wow. From a practical Perspective, yes, <laughs> so shy, um, but God kept putting things in my path to make me figure it out. So, right after I started my business, um, a friend of mine DM'd me. She's a friend now; we weren't friends before. She DM'd me on Twitter, and she said, "This is this is early two thousand eight. There's this big event, a women's event, coming to Nashville, business, and I want to host a cocktail party afterwards." I've seen on Twitter, you seem to be the person who knows everybody in Nashville. Will you be the hostess and invite people? And I said, sure. Well, then she calls me a few months later and says, the whole event's been canceled. They didn't sell enough tickets. So I guess we're not going to have the after party. And I said, well, you already have the sponsor who's going to sponsor it. Go to them. That's where it's like the Lord told me what to say. Go to them and tell them we're going to sponsor the day. Everyone's already coming. We'll just have our own event because it was about blogging and social media. She said, great. So we did all of that. I had never been to an event in my life, not a church event, not a business event, nothing. I had spent the last 10 years previously just staying home with babies, and I had so many children. I didn't get out and do anything. So I talked to some of my friends. I Googled, like, how do you plan an event? I did all of that. And then that morning, we met the night before the event. Imagine that. The morning, she said, I noticed on the plan for the day, you didn't put opening remarks. Go ahead in five minutes and do opening remarks. And I said, oh, I didn't tell you this. I'm shy. I can't talk in front of people. She said, you invited all of these people here. You're going to teach them something. you got to get over yourself and get up there. I don't remember what I said. I probably came close to passing out. My life probably flashed in front of my eyes. It was terrible. But that was the beginning of me being a speaker. And every year we'd host the event and people who were there that day would come up to me afterwards and go, we know you're terrified, but you're getting a little bit better. (laughs) 2008, terrible. 2009, still pretty rough. 2010, still pretty rough. It's 2023. I'm pretty good now because I didn't stop. I didn't have the ability to stop. So the secret to get good is do a lot of research. I'm a big fan of online courses. The fact that for not a ton of money, women can learn from specialists, that's magic. And then keep going. The secret to anything is to get your reps in. If it is important to you, if it's going to be great in your future, give yourself permission to be really, really bad at it for a little while. I was so terrible. But because I believed that it's what God wanted me to do, I was terrible for a long time. And then I was less terrible and less terrible and less terrible. That's the only way around it. Nobody is born with the ability to just do things naturally. It's all messy in the beginning.
0: Hey, single moms, you're invited to be part of the 2023 Single Moms Retreat on June 2nd and 3rd at Lake Geneva Christian Center in Alexandria, Minnesota. Join with other single moms from across the Midwest to relax, refresh, have fun, and be encouraged. Enjoy main sessions with Jennifer Maggio, Rebecca Hagen, Nick Gray, and worship with Reba Gray, multiple breakout sessions, as well as incredible giveaways like our Diva Boutique personal shopping experience, a spa, car care, haircuts, Professional headshot photos, a one mile walk or 5k run rollerblade or bike, the girlfriend's night out party with a special performance by music artist True Serva, and more. Our hope is for every attendee to feel extravagantly loved, seen, and encouraged on her faith journey with Jesus Christ. We also have lots of fun opportunities to volunteer, including for men to join the car care team. Invite your family, friends, or church small group to come and serve with us. Register to attend, volunteer, or donate at mnbtg.org slash retreat. That's mnbtg.org slash retreat. We'll see you there.
1: What a great reminder for all of us. It's all messy in the beginning. Okay. And you mentioned, you know, a big part of that was coming out of a season of staying home, that motherhood. Mm -hmm. What would you say to somebody who's maybe at a crossroads on their life? Like whatever season that might be, maybe Mm -hmm. they're in a job change, maybe something tragic happened. Like, how do you, how do you allow yourself to dream again? You know, like how, what did that look like for you or were you were just like, okay, this is my time. I'm going to, I'm going to do this.
2: When we're in a period of transition, when we don't know what the future is going to hold, that's when we need to pray and ask the Lord to give us clarity and to give us strength for whatever he has, and to look for threads. So the Lord will give you little threads of what you're meant to do next. And the key is to pull on those threads and find out what's next. Because we will tell ourselves, I'm not meant to do that. That's going to be too difficult. I don't know what's going to, everything seems so overwhelming. But like I said, the Lord's not a football coach hiding his mouth on the sideline. The Lord's just over here throwing threads at us. So we look for the threads and we keep pulling them. And then my policy is I pull all the threads and I go, hey, if this isn't right or if I think this is a thread and it's not, stop it real quick. And in his graciousness, he will shut things down when it's not his will. Mm,
1: That's really good. Okay, I have a question that might feel similar, but i am curious how you would respond to this. What about when you're feeling stuck? What about when you maybe you feel burned out? What do you do? when you feel like you know you are trying the things or you're just so tired what would you what have you done in a situation like that and what could you share with others
2: i was really burnt out january 2021 two of my kids were dealing with an illness i had been working really hard it's you know mid terrible pandemic everything's tough and the lord told me very clearly get more help and i've Got myself back into therapy, hired a coach again, because what we do as women is we just give and we give and we give and we give and we give. And they were like, I don't understand why I'm a burned out shell of myself, right? And and we've all heard the oxygen mask thing on a plane, but I think a more appropriate visual is imagine a woman full of life, happy, giving and giving and giving, but unfortunately because she isn't being fed and she isn't being supported, what happens is a seed of bitterness gets sown and a seed of disappointment gets sown. And if we don't bring in people to help us, that seed of, that root of bitterness will grow and that root of disappointment will grow. Starting fresh and young and amazing, and before we know it, we're just like, I'm burnt out, I'm numb, I don't have feelings anymore. And the Lord in His graciousness with me said, Get more help. Mm -hmm. And it may be a word for somebody listening. Get more help. Maybe it's counseling. Maybe it's a coach. Whatever it is, you have permission to get help. As women, we have to have women taking care of us. And I think that some of us think that that should happen for free. And for a lucky few women, it does happen for free when we're in those situations But sometimes we need to spend a little money on ourselves. Like we feel comfortable getting our nails done. But sometimes we need to give ourselves permission to go, I need therapy or I need a nutritionist or I need a coach to help me get to the next level because we can't do it for ourselves. We just can't. And of all the things the Lord could have said to me, he said, get more help go hire people to help you. Like, oh, great. Thanks, Lord, because I never would have done that otherwise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is a word. Yeah. I mean, speaking from my own experience, it's easy to think, oh, I can do this. I'm strong. I'm smart. I'm, I buck up. Do it. Life's just tough. Just do it. But you're so right. I mean, burnout can happen. I think it sneaks up on us. Oh, yeah. And so I think part of the trick is being proactive about it and intentional Investing in yourself, just like you said. And the
2: the signs look different for different women. Sometimes for me, it looked, I was still very functional. I was functioning in my work, I was functional with the family, but I was numb. I didn't have excitement about life. I wasn't happy about stuff. I wasn't necessarily sad about stuff. I just wasn't feeling because I had put my heart up on the shelf and just was like, I'm just going to get through everything. And that's no way to live. It's no way to be a partner. It's no way to be a mother. It's no way to be a friend. Um, Burnout can look like, um, for other people, uh, kind of overindulging. It can look like depression. It can look like anger. Um, So for every person dealing with burnout, it's different. But it's important that we recognize the signs. And normally, burnout comes from overfunctioning. And who overfunctions better than women? Nobody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The multitaskers. Exactly. Of all the
1: things. Because we're
2: taking care of everybody.
1: We need people to take care of us too. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Ellie, that's so awesome. Okay. I want to know, this is kind of a shift in gears. We went on a little adventure this
2: morning, didn't we? We did. Speaking of taking care of ourselves.
1: (laughs) Does does Theme Park
2: count as self-care for you? Theme Park is 100% self-care for me. So here's the thing about me. I love work. So I'm a business coach. I'm an entrepreneur. I am obsessed with creating all the resources and tools and training for women that I didn't have 15 years ago. Obsessed. Like nobody's coming up behind me and not knowing. Uh, Anything I learn, I'm teaching them. So I love what I do. But because I love what I do, I never really turn off. Mm. And I realize there's two places I turn off. Movie theaters and amusement parks. So those are self-care for me. I, I... it's those well, I mean church, I turn off in church, of course. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I started about six or seven years ago, really leaning heavy into amusement parks. And my rule of thumb now is I try to go to one every quarter.
1: Well, hey, we did that today. We did. Listeners, fun story. When Allie flew in this morning, we had a bunch of time. So we went to the Mall of America, which you'd never been to.
2: Never. I mean, it is a shame. And I should have been embarrassed that I've never been to the Mall of America. Because I'm in Minnesota at least once or twice a year.
1: Well, now, now you're familiar with it. Now you know.
2: It is pretty delightful. I sent pictures home to my husband. And he said, it's like that movie, The North Pole.
1: Well, I'm so glad that we got to feed into that self-care little roller coasters for you today at the Mall of America.
2: So fun, just to have fun and let loose. It is so fun. I think that when we're younger and we're raising children, we get in mom mode, and we stop having fun because we're always taking care of small children. And then our kids get older, and we forget to go. Hey, all those things I should have fun too. So I'll tell you, you guys, Lindsay. She has been to Mall of America and that amusement park over and over again. She's done all the little rides. She's never done all the grown up big girl rides. And we had a great time. And you've never heard someone laugh and enjoy rides more than Lindsay May. We had a blast. So if you live close by and you normally bring your children, it's not necessarily fun. That's leave, leave those children at home. Come in a weekday at 10 a.m. with your girlfriends. That's great self-care.
1: It was great self-care. And, you know, our friends take care of each other, right? Because I will also let you know, guys, I'm not used to doing the crazy spinny rides. It's been years. I love roller coasters, but I can't spin. And I want you all to know that the wonderful Miss Allie here saved my life. (laughs) Oh, with the wonderful Zofran. So thank you, yes, to all who are wondering. I did get dizzy, but it was, it was so fun to laugh and just have a great time. And what a wonderful weekend of self-care here, investing in ourselves at the Sisterhood Leadership Retreat. And Allie, what a treat. Thank you so much for your time today.
2: Thank you. It's been a blast. Thank you for
0: joining us for this episode of the Bridging the Gap podcast. We were honored to hear from Allie Worthington on caring for your calling. If you are someone looking for mentoring or other tools on your creative journey, Allie has great resources on her website, allieworthington.com. You can also follow her on social media at Allie Worthington. Learn more about Bridging the Gap at mnbtg.org by downloading the Bridging the Gap app through your app store or by following mnbtg on social media. We also invite you to take a moment to rate and review this podcast to help others find this resource as well. Thank you for joining us today and we look forward to being with you next time on the Bridging the Gap podcast.